things early career recruitment the strategies to help you succeed will help you work with generation z with all the information that you'll need it's the jack and ollie show hello and welcome to the early careers podcast with me jack denton and me ollie sidwell Excellent. Uh, and today on the show, we have a special guest, Dr. Ulrich Hopper, the Director General of the German-British Chamber of Industry and Commerce. Welcome, Ulrich. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. You're well, welcome. Uh, everyone might be wondering, why have we got you on the show? And um, today we're going to be talking about um, the German apprenticeship system and making some comparisons with the system used in Germany and the system used in the UK. And so this is going to be a series that we're going to run in parallel with our global graduate recruitment series, where we look at graduate recruitment in different parts of the world. And we're now going to focus on apprenticeships and the apprenticeship space in different parts of the world. Um, and um, today... It comes from a, a common section, doesn't it, Jack? Uh, the conception of the German apprenticeship system is the best in the world. We always hear this wherever we go, every every conference, every uh, you know, webinar. Everyone seems to cite Germany as being the most efficient way to to do the apprenticeship system. Do, do you hear that as well? Every day of the week, yeah, it's the one that everybody wants, and um, and you know, it's something as well that the um, that the current model, I, I believe, is is part, partially based on. So. Um, yeah, great. So, um, Ulrich, it'd be great if you could maybe introduce yourself and maybe explain a bit about um, what you get up to, and then um, we could ask you some questions. My name is Ulrich Hopper. I'm the Director General of the German-British Chamber of Industry and Commerce. We, as an organisation, do trade and investment promotion between the UK and Germany, really working in both directions. So, therefore, the we're part of the German Chamber system, but also very strongly linked to some of the British Chambers of Commerce. And as you may know. The German apprenticeship system is uh, administered by the Chambers of Commerce or the trade chambers in Germany. So we have a strong linkage to vocational training and education. And even I myself, before I went to university, did an apprenticeship program as a forewarning agent. So I have this personal first-hand experience running through one of these training programs, which is quite common even for people who do A-levels in, in Germany. So that you then once you've done A-levels, well, you, you very often people do an apprenticeship just to learn a trade, just to get some practical experience before then moving on to academic studies. So it is a well-respected program across society. So it's not really seen, as my impression sometimes is, that some parents in the UK see that as a sort of second-rated education and therefore mm -hmm. not advising their, their children to embark on, on such a route and I think that already shows that there is a difference in terms of attitude and I think it's if you want to change that yes you have to explain it to all the young people but I think also the parents and the teachers who actually have a huge influence on uh, life choices or education choices students are, are, are taking when they're 16 or when they're 18 and then I think that crucial to, to get that message across to the, the influences, if you want to mm. say, for, for young people as well. And it's, it's, that, that is, uh, first of all, a, a very big task. I mean, the, the British government has always talked about, yes, we would like to have an apprenticeship system like the one in Germany. But mm -hmm. I think in, in order to 
copy such a system, you first of all have to look at the the, the economic structure of an economy. And, and that's so, what are the big differences then, Laurie? Different. Yeah, just to really evaluate whether an apprenticeship system like the German one could work in the UK, you also have to look at the underlying structure of the economy. So, right. in Germany, you, you see a lot of industrial networks, for example, the car industry, which works closely together with suppliers and so on. So it's really a huge network of different companies in the same industry, which are closely interlinked. And if mm. all of them train, then uh, I think it doesn't really matter if somebody leaves after the training, because then you employ somebody from a different company who has also been trained. So like I think a network effect. It's a network effect, and you don't have the free rider problem. I think that's an issue for a lot of UK employers, they think, oh, I'll train and then people leave me and then my competitor will have the, the, the benefit of the training which I have paid for. Right. And, and so I think that, that doesn't uh, happen in Germany to the same extent. So on that part, you're saying that so potentially um, an employer in the UK decides to start an apprenticeship program, they put people through their program and then those people um, leave. So that company is essentially paid to train that person. And because not everybody else is doing that, they can't then replace that with somebody else that might have been trained in another business. They then have to do it themselves. So it puts a burden then on the business and makes them reluctant to want to to do that. Yeah, and therefore you, you, you need critical mass. So you need just not just a few companies who train, but it needs to be an industry-wide effort. And, and most companies should take part of it. And of course, it, also a key difference is that in, in Germany, if you are a school leaver and if you start an apprenticeship scheme, they tend to last generally for three years, sometimes for, for two and a half or two years. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's three years and you, you get a much lower salary. So I think you, you don't get a, a training on the job salary. So you probably get a third or maybe 40% of a, of a trained person. So you actually undergo this kind of sacrifice having less money, but you have three years of training and then you, you can earn much more. But I feel in the UK for school leavers, they also have the uh, idea that they really want to earn a full salary and therefore are not willing to to work for 40% of an average salary. And I think that's part of the, the culture in, in Germany that everybody goes through that. And if your peers do that, then you're fine with it. Some of your peers might still go to school. They have less mm-hmm. money. You go through this training, you have little money. So that is all fine. And that's been accepted by the, the young people in, in, in Germany. And it's also, if we look at Germany, it's largely the smaller companies who train. It's the tradespeople, the smaller yeah. businesses, and, and they actually use the apprentices in, in, a, in an efficient way because, I mean, they, they are not all charity. So they really, they, they train people, but they pay them less so that it's worthwhile to train them because they still get some benefit out of them and they charge out their apprentices as well to their customers, maybe at a lower rate. But, but they, they do that, and therefore it, it makes it sort of uh, break even for a small company to train. And therefore, you see many smaller companies to train than uh, larger companies. Yes, of course, larger ones train as well, but in, in relative terms, mm-hmm. they do less training than the smaller ones. So in Germany, is there um, is there just one level of apprenticeship, or are there multiple levels? There are days in a hierarchy of apprenticeships, if you want to, to say so. But mm-hmm. it really is... Maybe you can say it's two levels that you have two year apprenticeships, which are a bit shorter and, and less detailed. And then you have three years or three and a half year apprenticeships if you go into electronics, mechatronics and, and, and so on. But really, it is one system. It isn't really that uh, in, in terms of formal recognition of the qualification, one is better than the other. But of course, there are 
professions which pay more. Yeah. If you go for, from hairdressers to, to mechatronics, there's a huge difference in pay in the end. So you, you have an, an, an indirect hierarchy, but, but not in terms of formal recognition. I think that bit's really interesting in terms of some of the things we've spoken mm. about already. So you mentioned earlier um, about the importance of influencers. So not just the young people, but their parents, careers advisors and teachers. Mm. And um, we've done a lot of research at All About School Leavers. We do a lot of research into that space. And it's commonly cited that the the most important influencer in the big career decisions of young people are their parents. But then when you ask parents about apprenticeships, they're actually very poorly informed about what they are. And I think it's also um, the way the system's been set up makes it more difficult to understand. So in Germany, we've kind of got one model of apprenticeships, which there's some variety um, between the different levels, but it's kind of really one, one level. And it probably depends more on the area that you go into. In the same way, if you did a degree, people might say a law degree is probably more difficult than maybe a degree in, I don't know. Geography, say it, go on. Geography, <laughs> exactly. So um, whereas in the UK, we've got this really wide um, range of apprenticeships from a very low level two apprenticeships which are the most common mm. to degree level apprenticeships so because it covers such a wide range it's actually difficult to understand so it covers people who have got no formal qualifications whatsoever no, no GCSEs can go on to do an intermediate apprenticeship and then a degree apprenticeship where you need a, a level three qualification a levels or, or whatever it might be in order to go on to it and so that I think it makes it difficult for people to understand the difference so it could be that perhaps in the UK we've got too much choice. Choice is sometimes good, but it's sometimes paralyzing when there's too much. Yeah, and I think, the choice, as you rightly say, it is also confusing. And I think that was an attempt by the government to actually mirror an academic system. Mm. And, and one has to say that the vocational training system should be different. It has a different outlook, a different approach, and, and caters for uh, different abilities not in terms of quality but but some people are more practical and less theoretical and others are the other way around and both of them have have huge merits and and i think that isn't the case in the uk to the same extent and that's why the, the apprenticeship system was then modeled on an academic system with all these different levels and say yeah it's up to a master level you can do it of yeah. course there are similar tendencies in germany as well so i think there is pressure more towards sending kids to university and, and, and so on so we, we see these trends as well but it, it's far less pronounced in comparison to the UK. And when we were talking earlier, we were, you, you mentioned that um, um, it's, of course, there's um, kind of like a domino effect. You need to get lots of people to do it in order for it to work effectively. And I think probably that was the aim of the government with the apprenticeship levy. Do you think that has had the effect or will have the effect that um, it, it should um, create the uptake that's required? I, I think it would be great if, if it were to have that effect, but, but I'm not so sure whether it may not just be used by companies to then set up some training programs, very often short-term based, just six months or so, just to recycle the, the levy and, and get the money back. So, but, but of course, you have to start somewhere. And it, it was just interesting to know that, that a, a conservative government, which tends to be more capitalist, followed the French model with tends to be more interventionist because they had an apprenticeship or training levy for i think for decades so and and it hasn't worked in in france to the extent that the government originally hoped that it would work a few decades ago so i, I don't know whether it will be a successful a positive benefit but it, it needs a change of culture which you can do 
do with some money, but I think it is has a lot to do with education, educating the influencers, and actually making companies to commit to training and to see the value in training. And of course, a lot of companies do that, but whether they, they put the money where their mouth is, that sometimes is not happening to the extent it should yeah. happen. So we got, um, you're saying we got the idea of the apprenticeship levy. Was that a French-inspired uh, idea, was it? I don't know whether it was French-inspired. I know the French had it for, for, for decades, so mm. I, I don't know if other countries have that as well. I mean, there was a debate in Germany also to have that, and, and that was strongly resisted by the employers. They said, no, we do train enough. And then when there weren't enough apprenticeship places, there was this commitment by the Employers' Federation on behalf of all businesses and the Chambers of Commerce on behalf of all businesses that they will provide enough apprenticeship places so that every youngster who doesn't want to go to university or cannot go to university will get an apprenticeship place. So there is a bit more, let's say, cohesion in terms of the business world that they know we have to train. And if, if we deliver our part of the bargain, then we will not get a levy or extra taxes if we don't train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting, isn't it? Once you start to see how a system was put together, you um, can potentially see some cracks in it. Because it makes sense, right? If you're going to start a new system or you want to improve a system, you look at what other people are are doing and then you try to copy it. It's like, you know, um, the PISA studies of um, children's education. The Scandinavian countries, Singapore, always do really well. And people try to borrow things from those but the problem is when you borrow something from another system is sometimes the reason it works is not it's not just one particular thing it might be cultural it might be many other things mixed together so i think that's potentially one of the issues we might face in the uk is we've tried to take all these great ideas from different places and bring them together but we probably need to create our own system and and of course like you said Ulrich, we've got to start somewhere right but maybe we're kind of going through our own apprenticeship on how to figure out what an apprenticeship system looks like. Oh, nice. Love that. One way to round it back. Yeah. But, but I, I think if, if you look at the, the UK system for the last, I don't know, three or four decades or so, I think every government tried to do, to, to do something about it. They, they introduced national vocational qualifications, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. And I think that there were already existing qualifications and then they put uh, conditions on uh, training providers or employers getting some money that they had to provide for these specific qualifications. So they were always sort of financially induced and then that was how a system was started off and that kept it alive. But at one point, a system has to run on its own and and not just continue to depend on public money. And and that transition never really happened. That that is my impression. And of course, the UK needs to have a a different system. The UK economy is more short-term oriented and, and, and therefore... Uh, investing in training for three years is probably too much. We once did a study as the German-British Chamber of Commerce that the the average UK employee stays with his or her employer for three years. And you can Mm -hmm. imagine that older ones have a tendency to stay longer and younger ones therefore have to have a tendency to stay shorter. So it's therefore very difficult for an employer who knows, oh, after one and a half years or two years, this young person might have left me. Why should I invest in training? Is that really worth it or do I just training on the job? So it needs more government support here and and therefore the apprenticeship levy might make some sense in terms of then enabling employers to to use that money if they train and not pay the levy but it, it is very difficult to to start the system off and it needs different training programs and probably needs to be 
more modular in a way. So in, mm-hmm. in, in Germany, then it runs for two years or two and a half years, three years or three and a half years, depending on the profession. But here, maybe you have to have separate shorter steps, which can build on each other to make it more attractive for employers to uh, send their young employees onto these training programs. What happens in Germany if you wanted to create a new apprenticeship program? Who would go about doing that and how would that work? That would say a basis of companies who work together with the chambers of commerce or trade chambers if they say that certain professions are emerging, like the IT sector over the last 40 years. Yeah. That then you start to define uh, requirements for that profession together with the employers and educational experts what is really needed to to create this new profession to have these transferable skills that that really is the important bit because it's always industry-wide training it's not training for a specific job in a specific company which might also be very detailed and needs a lot of training it really is a broad transferable qualification it really is about transferable skills so therefore the whole economy can can work with these people in the end and you don't have the free rider problem to the same extent as you might have in the UK. And then does that work the same way if you want to develop or change a program? So a program that, you know, um, let's say, I don't know, electronical engineering, electrical engineering might be different now than it was 30 years ago. So how do they update Uh, that? Yeah, I think the training programs get constantly adjusted. Of course, you can always argue and some employers say, no, it's too rigid, it's too slow. You all always have somebody complaining. But I think there are adjustment processes in, in, in place so that the professions stay up to date. That, that is for sure. And that they have also have become more theoretical because technology moves on. We've all become more technology intensive in, in many professions and therefore you, you need to have a, a, a firmer ground-based training. Yeah. Um, I want to try to do a recap of what we've got to so far because there's been quite a lot of parallels quite a lot of similarities and quite a lot of differences. So uh, let's see if I can recap these uh, for everyone listening. So some of the main differences between Germany and the UK, from uh, the actual setup perspective, UK we have multiple um, apprenticeship roles you can go into, from your levels two, three, four upwards to degree, compared to the very simple one, potentially two uh, in Germany. So from a system perspective, it's much more simple and streamlined in Germany. Um, the culture, I think, was one thing I really picked out of what you said earlier. The culture, not only with parents who are much more aware and encouraging and supportive of this, their, 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 their kids yeah. going to, um, to do apprenticeship programs at a younger age, that then incites them to maybe accept a lower salary because uh, everyone's doing it. It's more widespread. And you compare that to the UK where actually there's so much focus on graduate uh, level uh, salaries that's some of the salaries that are being offered at some of these apprenticeship programs are you know in line with the graduate roles because you're trying to convince students that doing an apprenticeship is a better route than going to university so therefore they try and compete and almost compete with each other to make sure they can offer a more competitive scheme so you have parents less uh, this is a massive stereotype i appreciate that but parents less aware and less encouraging of the apprenticeship route in the UK compared to Germany where parents are all bought in and really get a bit behind it. Yeah. Um, more things I, I, I got from, from it was the real focus in Germany on both large and smaller uh, companies to do the training. Uh, certainly in the UK, we see a lot of larger firms doing it um, and there are smaller companies doing it 
in, in some of the trade professions, but certainly feel that's maybe a gap that where the UK doesn't have as much of an uptake from smaller businesses uh, as it could do. Uh, and then finally, the, the whole industry-wide element of all the training. You know, you, you're training to work in that industry in Germany, whereas certainly some of the, the, the frameworks uh, in the UK, they're being built to do uh, a company-specific role in a company uh, to, to, in your apprenticeship. So you're learning those, those skills to, to do brilliantly in that, in that, in that role, but not necessarily industry-wide as such. Um, now, I appreciate there was a lot of general generalizations and some sweeping statements there, but uh, as a, a black and white comparison, uh, how does that sound? <laughs> yeah, I think that no, that, that is a, a good summary in, in terms of the, the broad differences which are there. And if we look at the, the COVID-19 degrees, in the end, do not pay off for the youngsters who embark on them. I, I recently read an article that so, so many degrees in the end don't make you earn more money in the end. So that taking another route would have been far more beneficial and, and sometimes more fulfilling. So if you have to eat and don't earn enough money to, to, to live off it, or some of your peers who study for a different degree earn much more money, then I, I think you, you do not feel valued. And if you run through an apprenticeship program, have technical skills who are really valued by society and by your, your friends' customers, so you're probably first of all make more money and a much larger fulfillment in terms of job mm. satisfaction. So, um, Ulrich, um, if you had a magic wand and you were in charge, what what changes would you make to the British system um, kind of right away? I think it would need much more government funding and it probably would need to provide some kind of training subsidies, wage subsidies to the young people so that they feel valued whilst they undergo this training so that training becomes cheaper for the employers. You, you will not be able to ask youngsters as they know you only get now 40% of what you would normally earn if you just do a, a job right out of school. So therefore, that needs some kind of support mechanism so that they actually then undergo these trainings because in the end, it will pay off. So, And, and I think there were ideas, as I remember a few years ago, like a graduate tax or so. So if you mm-hmm. somehow you need to really uh, get the message across that vocational training is important, but, but to get it off the ground, it, it needs the right subsidies. It, it needs, you, you want somebody to train. So maybe it's better to give the person who you want to get this training to give that the money and then they can do training with some employers who don't, don't need to pay them such high salaries or comparatively high salaries. And I think that would probably be a, a more productive approach to, to getting it off the ground. Great. What a way to, to conclude. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any special questions to ask, Jack? Yeah, just the one special question we always ask every guest, Ulrich. Um, is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that we should have <laughs> asked you? Uh, what have we missed? Is there anything that's... that's yeah, no, I think... <laughs> Look, in, in our initial talk, I, I gave you all the information. You actually got my message. And, and uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. Maybe there's much more to say, but my, my brain doesn't enough. Is there, is there anything almost coming out in the next year or two that's, that's new and different that we could be looking out for um, in the German space? Uh, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, the... They will probably sell something as new, but it's, it's not necessarily new. I mean, we yeah, have politicians alike. But I think it, it, you have the same problem. So you have 
more and more kids going to university. You have, as you rightly said at the beginning, so there are different degrees. So, but, but I think it's you, you see more people embarking on university courses. So I, I think that's a problem for employers that they don't find enough suitably qualified school leavers to actually uh, train them in technical professions who are quite demanding. If you do mechatronics and so on, that, that is a demanding profession. It might mm. just be an apprenticeship, but it, it's, it's close to an engineering degree. And, and if you then all send these kids to university and they do engineering degrees, then you don't have the ones who you also need for the, the, the mm. practical skills. And that, that's a key issue I think every nation is facing. And it's the same in the UK. And of course, it, it has benefits that more people go to university. I'm not, not saying that, but it is, it, it's a challenge how to balance that. Yeah. I think as well, the, the interesting thing is with that question, Ollie, the new things that are coming is that the whole German system has worked because it's not new, because it's the same yeah. system that's been there for, I don't know, maybe years a, a hundred years or more. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's what makes it so successful, I think, is because it's not changed. So everyone can get behind it. Everyone knows what to expect. It's it's normal. I think yeah. that's the problem with every government trying to keep solve the same problem is they always want to put a new layer on top or create some new way of doing it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I studied in the UK in 88. And I remember then they had the H&D, then they had the vocational apprenticeship, then they had the, uh, the foundation degrees, etc. So it, it was already in H&D. And, and a foundation degree is nothing else than an H&D. So it was already there, but then it needed to be repackaged, which is fine. Sometimes mm. you need to repackage things, but but it, it confused people. And it was then somehow showed, oh, yeah, that's part of it. It's, really, it's, fun, it's nearly a degree, and, and then you can get a degree. No, you have to have it as a separate route, which is as valuable as the degree route, but not just convert it all into a degree route. And I think that's always been the case in the UK. Very difficult to change. So. Yeah, it's always easy to criticise. It's far more, far more <laughs> difficult to change things. So. Well, thank you very much for um, coming on the show, Ulrich. We've learned lots of stuff, and this is the the very yeah. first of our international apprenticeship series. So um, it's been an honour to have you on here in our first first attempt. Okay, my pleasure. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Um, so it's goodbye from Ollie, yeah. and it's goodbye from Jack. Uh, and that's been the Early Careers Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. For all things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed will help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show.